surely not analysis or actual reflection, accounts for an excuse based simply on a woman's sex and not on what she does or is capable of doing. Welcome to Man Unmade, a podcast normalizing the authority and power of women's voices in a man's ear. And I feel yeah. for you, but I'm also like, <laughs> I don't feel for you. Sorry. Yeah. Like, I mean, no. I had to like make a doctor's appointment and have someone that, put exactly. like tools into my vagina. So like to get a pill. So I think you can go to the store and get a condom. She started a blog. She called it Design Mom. And she never looked back. Her blog has since spawned a New York Times bestselling book, a yearly conference, and a massive following all around the globe. She's fearless. Tackling some of the toughest topics the design mom is not afraid to use her words with fiery grace and penetrating precision. In this episode, we go there. We talk about it all. And at times, you should know, this is definitely an adult conversation, but one worth having. I love learning from Gabrielle Blair. She has something to say, and we should be listening, which is why I started this podcast, for me, a guy, to learn from women. To hear the story from women's perspectives and respect them as the authority that they are. I was reminded of that original vision for Man Unmade before sitting down with Gabrielle. And this podcast will always be better with that rhythm driving each episode. And oh yeah, that whole fixer-upper thing with Joanna and Chip Gaines? You could argue it's all Gabby's fault. Welcome back everybody to Man Unmade. Today, like every time I get on this, I know that everybody's probably thinking, you say this every time, but I mean it every time. I'm so excited. And, uh, and I always have different reasons for that excitement. Um, and today, uh, the reasons, um, uh, well, you'll understand here in a minute why. But uh, Gabrielle Blair, design mom, hi. Hello. <laughs> All the way from France. <laughs> That's right. Rainy day here in France. Is it? Okay. Yes. A little gray. Mm-hmm. Um, it it kind of gets that way in the fall and winter regardless right oh for sure for sure but we did have some beautiful blue skies this morning and i was grateful for it and 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 i don't i don't even mind the rain it makes the whole area so green and beautiful that i don't mind it do do you um it sounds like you don't but do you ever struggle with um sad seasonal effect disorder i mean depression is a daily part of my life i have to medicate for depression every day but i don't know that i've ever associated it with um seasonal depression i think i just have a all the time depression. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's, that's my that's that's my thing. So yeah. at least we can laugh about it. Hey, um, well, uh, I I definitely um, the sad the seasonal effect disorder for me is a thing. I don't know like oh. that. It it's just I definitely if it's a cloudy day, I can feel my mood just kind of be like ugh, and so I have to kind of push through. A little do you bit. do lights? And I know I heard lamps work. What do you do to or do you just like? you know, push, through, I mean, like close your eyes and like, okay, let's get through it. Yep. That's it. it for me, it's, uh, you know, I always work out and stuff. So it's like, I, I make sure I work out yeah. on that day. Yeah. Um, you know, and on that day, it's like, take a really good shower, mm-hmm. get dressed, mm-hmm. make sure everything's order and just in order and just like move forward and go. Got it. Otherwise, Got it. I'll just kind of be, I can kind of fall into the like, oh, it's just a sloppy day. Yeah. I'm going to work I out sloppily. It starts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, well, um, 
I don't know if you knew this or not, but we lived in France at one time as well. Oh, I didn't it, know that. That's we awesome. lived in Paris. Yeah. So we'll get to that in a, in okay. a little bit. So I understand those gray days in France you and uh, I actually really love them. Yeah. They're, <laughs> they're kind of like one of a kind. Yeah. Um, as this podcast has been evolving, um, I, I wanted to, to say this. Um, I, the whole idea was, you know, man unmade. Yeah. Like men have had their say. Mm-hmm. Um, for long enough. And, uh, and if we want equality, then we actually need to practice it. And, um, and, uh, you know, in this case for me, it's, I've, and, and I'm, I'm blessed to say I've had some men in my life who have really spoken into my life and, and, you know, taught me and mentored me and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm thankful for that. And I've also had women who are very strong and in, in, in my life, but I've definitely had more men and, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, more men podcast, more men music, more men led movies, more men written books, more, you know, I mean, like it's just over and over cause that's just, it's male dominated. And I was like, well, why not do this and start this podcast mm-hmm. where I listen to women one of my great insecurities, um, Gabby, is, and by the way, we're, we're doing Gabrielle and Gabby today because you like either, <laughs> so we're just going to go there. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I might even call you G. Great. You know? Great. Uh, yeah. Oh, sure. Why not? I'm and, open. Uh, <laughs> I hope that you're okay with that. Please let us know. <laughs> and, uh, and so one of my great insecurities, which rubs up against this podcast, is I've got to come on here and do the thing that I'm actually kind of really afraid of, which is mm. looking like I don't know what I'm talking about. Mm. And I've always had this insecurity that everybody knows more than me. Everybody's more talented than me. Mm. Everybody has, you know, better skills and talent and everything than me. Mm. And I feel like I'm always catching up and I need to like try and, you know, at least act, you know, fake it till you make it kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. This podcast is not going to work if I do that. <laughs> so I'm going to wade into waters today with that in mind that Gabby, I don't know. And I want to know, I want to learn. And, um, I know you don't know everything, but I think that you have a wonderful working knowledge on a lot of things and you have a, you have an, a life and, ex, and experiences. And, and I want to, uh, I want to hear from those and learn. And I want to ask about things that I might sound really stupid, but that's okay. Uh, that's totally okay by me. This is, I'm here <laughs> and I'm, Happy to talk about whatever whatever's on your mind. Uh, thank you so much. You're so kind. Um, well, I'm I'm really uh, excited to do this. Okay, so one of the first things that I got to talk about, of course, is the fact that this is the first time you and I have ever spoken in person, ever, ever. ever. <laughs> and you are arguably um, to blame for <laughs> one of the most life changing events. Ever in my life, ever, <laughs> like in the top three, you're right there. <laughs> All right, I, I tell me, tell me, tell me what we're talking about here. <laughs> your blog, you have your blog, designmom.com. Yes. yes. Everybody should go there. Over six thousand blog posts. Is that correct? And yeah, growing. Yeah, yeah. Actually, okay. I, I might be like at eight thousand. I don't know when I did that eight, last. Oh, last grief. Yeah. A, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, there's so many. And hidden in there mm-hmm. is this little blog post about this designer in Waco, Texas, named uh, of Joanna Gaines. 
that yeah. you put, yeah. I think it was around 2011, 2012? Home tour of Joanna Gaines. Yeah, that's right. Still, Do you remember one of my that? Most, of course. And still one of my most popular posts. <laughs> People come and find it. Yeah. And, and a, a friend of hers, Molly, I don't know if you remember this, she sent mm-hmm. you like all these pictures that she had taken. Totally. Totally. Okay, where did it go from there? What what's kind right, of the story? All right, so this that... is this is how it happened from my end. So I yes. do a, I I feature a home tour every week. So okay. and I have for many many years. Still and, do. And yes, yeah, still do. And okay. sometimes it's truly like a designer, like a Joanna Gaines. It's like they are have gorgeous gorgeous pictures to take. And other times okay. it's like this looks like a very regular home, and that's fine too. Um, part yes. of what happens is there's an interview that goes with it where you're asking not just about their home and how it works with kids, but their own kind of parenting and kind of what they okay. don't want to forget about being a parent and that kind of stuff. So yes. anyway, so for me, when I, got, when I saw Joanna, I was like, oh, lovely. These pictures are stunning, gorgeous, wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. Clearly, she's so talented. And then, but it then went on with my life, right? Like it was very well received, um, as, which many of them are. So that, that didn't even like you know, ring any bells or like make any like uh, flags go up for me. Um, sure. It just seemed like a very beautiful house. And yeah. she clearly so charming. The whole thing was charming, but I get to feature lots of charming people. So it, again, <laughs> I wasn't like, yeah. I wasn't like, oh, pay attention. But yeah, then yeah. I hear back from Joanna, not that much longer later saying, hey, HGTV has reached out. Now, yeah. I, I don't know Joanna in person at all, right? Like, I, I mean, we were just emailing. I'm yes. saying HGTV has reached out. They saw the post on Design Mom. They yeah. saw the tour and they reached out about a potential show. And I've, I mean, of course, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Hooray, hooray. And again, didn't really think too much about it. Sure. Um, and, then, and then I get, I don't know, I'd have to go back and look at emails, but months later, like, hey, there's really a show. It's like really launching. <laughs> and so I did another blog post going, oh my gosh, you guys remember this house tour? That yeah. was so beautiful. Well, now there's an HGTV show. You got to come check this out. This is, of course, I'm writing about this before, you know, before they've even done their first episode. Right. So, no one has any idea it's going to turn into the um, <laughs> the amazing thing it's turned into. I mean, it's just remarkable what what they've built, and and um, and I mean, for for me, it's Joanna's vision is just just so impressive, and. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, and then, uh, and then, obviously, as it's taken off, um, as I mentioned, it continues to be a very popular post on Design Mom. If I go into my yeah. Google Analytics and look at SEO, people will come and looking for um, Joanna's original home tour. And she's sure. been so generous about mentioning it. You know, she'll be yeah. interviewed by her alma mater or she'll be... Um, well, in several interviews, she's made a point of saying that um, she was discovered yes. on Design Mom, which she does not have to do. And it was yeah, so, sure, so generous sure. of her, so nice. Yeah. And, and then she even came out to Alt Summit, which is a conference I put on for right. um, social media um, entrepreneurs. Yeah. And she was the keynote. And again, it was just, I mean, that was the first time we met in person. And it was delightful because here we felt connected <laughs> all these years. And um, sure. I, anyway, I, I just couldn't be more impressed. And I really have... Um, I don't know. One of the things I think that's just so remarkable, and we talked about this when I interviewed her, was um, that she didn't move to LA and she didn't move to New York. Right. She brought people to Waco and like that's basically right. developed yeah. a whole new economy for that yeah. whole area. And I'm sure there, um, 
I'm sure it has come with ups and downs for people that live yes. there. I'm sure it changed their lives in, in lots sure. of ways, but like that is incredible. And it's really this, such a demonstration of um, what a new world it is that uh, you can build where you are. You know, if you've got an internet connection, mm-hmm. build where you are. You don't have to yes. migrate to, um, you just used to have to migrate to a big city. Yes, you don't you gotta have to go to, to. LA. Right. That's right. right. Well, anyway, little so did impressive. you know, little did you know, that at the same time that that was going on, uh-huh. this you know goofy guy who at the <laughs> who was originally from Georgia, but at the time was living in Houston, Texas, with his wife and two kids at the time, had decided he was going to quit everything and jump into his garage and just start building furniture Amazing. with no idea Amazing. how it was going to happen. And then my wife decides to get her master's degree, and so she gets a full ride at Baylor. We had no idea where we were going to move. I love and so, this story. <laughs> yes. And so we moved to Waco and, and um, we actually go to a church and the first person that we met at this church, his name was Adam. Okay. Okay. His wife is Molly. Oh my God. The, the photographer the that photographer submitted the picture. The house. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And oh so, my gosh. yeah, so we had, you know, no idea. Anyways. So, um, I'm just going along. I start volunteering with Habitat for Humanity and I'm doing, cause that's the only, my grandmother used to work for Jimmy Carter, okay. um, uh, back in the day. And so I had some connections there. And, and so I just wanted to like give back to the Carter family. And, and that seemed like yeah. I didn't have a shop yet. So I was like, I'll go do that. Yeah. So I'm looking for a shop and all this stuff. And I talked to some people <laughs> one day and this guy says, you need to call this guy chip. Oh my gosh. And, and, and so I call this guy chip and leave him a message and he never calls me back. And where and well, and where in the where in the show timeline is this happening? Yeah, so it it, it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. Okay, okay. It has not happened and the pictures have not even I don't think been submitted yet. Do you remember when you wrote that blog post? I can look it up right now. Um I will look it up. You keep you keep okay. telling us. Okay, okay, you yeah, do do your thing. So 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 while um so I'm there, we've now been in Waco. This is uh, we moved in December, 2011 and in, in January, February, March of 2012, it had been four months. I had left chip the message on his phone, like mm-hmm. two or three months before <laughs> he never called me back, which, you know, why would he? he has no idea who I am. Right. Right. And, and, uh, and you know, and I'm volunteering for habitat. We run out of money because, yeah. you know, volunteering yeah. does not pay well. Not pay well. And so my whole plan of like jumping in the garage and building furniture, like I'm an idiot. I was making six figures as a medical sales guy. Mm, mm. What was I thinking? Like, <laughs> I'm so stupid. And, uh, and so I'm at this, I, I, we, I have this horrible day and my wife says, um, I call her on the phone. I'm crying. I cry a lot, Gabby. It's just, that's one of my things. And, um, <laughs> and, and, and so I, uh, I, I call my wife and I'm like, I'm, this was stupid. I need to go find a job. And she's like, well, before you do that, let's go to the park. And I was like, okay. okay, let's go to the park. So she comes and picks me up and, uh, and we go to this park and we sit there and our kids are playing for a while. Then we get everybody back in the car. I turn the car on and the gas light comes on oh. and I have to get gas. I've got no money. So I've just got to put this on a credit card. Like, I don't, uh, not smart, you know? And know. so we go to the gas I mean, station. Yeah. We've all been there, right? All been there for sure. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so we're sitting at the gas station. I've put the thing in the pump, you know, and, uh, I'm just waiting for it to fill up. I'm sitting in the car 
and this black truck rolls right in front of us and on the side of it says Magnolia. And I told yeah, Kelly, I was like, isn't that the company of that guy, Chip, that I called and left a message with? He never called me back. And she was like, yeah, I think so. And I was like, well, why don't I just get out and, you know, Hail Mary, right? Like, let's just, let's, let's, just let's chuck them. one at the 50-yard yeah. line and see if anyone comes down with the ball. And, uh, and so I get out, I say hey to this guy pumping gas, and he says, oh, oh, actually, I'm Chip. Like and I was... Out. Yeah. And he, and, and he was like, yeah, I think I remember you calling. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't call you back. What's up. And so I start telling him all this story of like, yeah. you know, well, I quit my job and everything. Well, anyways, long story short, he's like, Hey, take your family home, come back to my shop. We'll talk. We, I take my family home. I go to his shop. He puts me in his truck. We drive around Waco for three hours. Oh, my two gosh. nights later. Yeah. We talk like crazy, crazy, crazy amounts of time. And then he says, you got to come talk to my wife. She wants to like start a furniture line inside yeah. this product offering that she, you know, yeah. offers to people. And so I'm like, okay, two nights later, we're at their house, the one that was <laughs> photographed and in your blog. Okay. Amazing. And did you find when that I was looked it posted? Up, yeah. So we posted it January uh, 17th, 2012. Okay. You okay. So that's that. when you, okay. So I had, this was, I had lunch or dinner with them two months after that. I don't think that it was recognized by HGTV until, you know, no, a few I'm months sure after they, you posted it. I'm sure it. they probably hadn't even reached out quite yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. Okay, so Joanna says, hey, you, I would love for you to start building furniture, you know, whatever. And I was like, great. I had no shop. I had all my tools were in storage. I had no lumber to build with. But of course, I was like, sure, I'll do it. Let's great. And, and let's go. Yeah. And, and so... Um, I start, I, I rent a shop from Habitat for Humanity. They literally had a shop that they weren't using anymore, 1,600 square feet, and they rented it to me for oh 25 bucks a month, and um, oh which is uh, amazing. And one day, Joanna comes into my shop. This is around, I don't know, it was like April, something like that, of 2012. Okay. And okay. she says, hey, I hope you're ready to be on TV. And I was like, what? <laughs> and, uh, and she goes, yeah, she, actually, the, the, the real way it happened is she goes, how's it going? What's going on? And I was like, oh, not much. I'm just trying to finish your tables. And I go, how's it going with you? And she's like, oh, well. actually, it's really weird. <laughs> yeah, this guy reached out from HGTV and wants to, like, start a possible show with us. They want to shoot, like, a pilot. Oh, my gosh. And so I was crazy. like, what? And so we talked about it a little. And of course, I'm trying to play cool. You yeah, know, I'm like, oh, that's yeah, great. That's yeah. great. Inside, I'm going nuts. I'm like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding? And she walks out of the shop. And as she walks out, that's when she says, um, well, hey, hope you're ready to be on TV. That's amazing. Well, I also went back and looked at the blog to see when I made a post about her show. Uh -huh. And it was May 23rd, 2013. So okay, there you go. They must have done a year of shooting or, you know, negotiations, yep, yep. shooting the whole thing, the pilot. And that's so May of 2013 later. is that's yeah. when the pilot came out. That's yeah, that's right. when it we we shot it in 2012 in the fall. So right. I quit my job in May of 2011 and I was shooting a pilot with the gains in the fall of 2012. Um, what a story. That is amazing. And thank goodness you went to get some gas and <laughs> and it's your it's your fault. <laughs> oh, wouldn't it be lovely if I got to take credit for that? I can't at all, but that's awesome. Isn't it cool I though? It. I I kind of want to call you. Um, uh, so so we'll, we'll kind of segue uh, out of that, but uh, we could talk all day for because that was just like it's such an amazing it. thing. I but I kind of want to call you um, Madam Butterfly. <laughs> um, 
because of, you know the butterfly effect sure that, sure. that people talk about you know a butterfly flaps its wings on a little on you know on a pond or something and the totally. ripples just you know and that's that's kind of like what i think about when i think about you well that is a huge compliment to me and it's um something i want i mean i i have been i i found a design mom in 2006 and mm -hmm. um one of my key priorities from the beginning was connecting people, giving people opportunities, um, amplifying mm. women's voices has always been a real priority for me. And um, cool. I, I, I mean, I, for sure, I, I think Joanna Gaines has got to be the biggest success story of something that's, <laughs> that was discovered on Design Mom, but there have been many businesses that have launched and um, or grown because of exposure there. And I, it makes me very happy and not just businesses, um, all sorts of relationships and um you know people finding business partners and finding yeah. um i don't know new new careers things like that and i love every story i hear and it, i think it's been even more with the conference i started too i mean like this has just been something yes alt summit I, and i i mean what a treat to ever get to do that to get to do it once sure. is amazing to get to do it hundreds and hundreds of times is just um there's it's hard to find a better feeling than, than that for sure that was a question that i had down actually was you know, I, I know it's tough to beat, you know, the story of Joanna Gaines. Obviously, that's just like a once in a lifetime lightning in a bottle kind of thing. But, you know, and, and, and you just answered it, um, that there have been other stories of, you know, sure. people launching. Can you share a couple of those? Well, with us? there's another one that is another big one that you will that will be fun. Um, so at Alt Summit, we mm -hmm. so um, it's called, the real name is Altitude Summit. And we first mm -hmm. held it in Salt Lake City, which is surrounded by mountains. We're like, oh, it's sure. a high altitude. and Beautiful. And we liked, um, anyway, we liked the whole thing. We were, we were really excited about it. So, mm -hmm. and it, I, I started it with my sister and she, um, I actually have like a family of bloggers and social media, okay. you know, empire people. But um, <laughs> yeah. but this sister didn't do that. She was a, um, did like political events. She was like an event planner for, for political events. Cool. But um I had been going to blogging conferences. I lived in these two blogging worlds. I lived in this design world and I lived in the mom blogging world too. So there's okay. like, there were design bloggers like Design Sponge or Apartment Therapy mm -hmm. or Joy Cho, who now ha is a parent but wasn't at the time. And, you know, anyway, so I lived kind of in these both worlds. And the mom blogging world had started these conferences. Um, Blog Her was the most uh, yes. famous. Yeah. And I'd gone to that and it was a lot of fun. And then I'd helped um, launch another one called Mom 2.0. And, mm -hmm. um, and I loved these conferences, just really enjoyed them. It was so fun to be able to go and like talk shop since I worked online all day, kind of in isolation, you know, compared to yeah. when I worked in an office in New York and you have your coworkers and coffee breaks and all of that. Mm -hmm. And so I really love these conferences. And but it was funny to me because a lot of the blogs I read were design blogs. I probably read more design blogs than mom blogs to be honest and so yeah, yeah, yeah. and so um and they were never represented like they didn't speak they, they weren't necessarily parents or you know it just wasn't there wasn't a lot of overlap there mm -hmm. and um my sister um i have a sister named jordan fernie who um started a blog called oh happy day that's still massively huge and yeah, um yeah started the color factory which is also a huge anyway just um okay so she she was she had her empire too but also no children yet Another, a sister-in-law that has a blog called Say Yes. It's a huge community as well. Like anyway, so we had this little yeah. blogging, but I was the only one that was doing this mom blogging thing um, at the time. Um, anyway, so basically we said, we were all together on a family trip and we said, well, maybe we should do a conference for design bloggers because yeah. I've been telling you about all these bloggers, I mean, these conferences. Anyway, 
that's how it started. So we said, okay, let's do it. And, um, uh, you know, we'll use our connections in the design blogging world to get the speakers there. And my sister Sarah is going to do, um, use her event planning skills to like nail down the hotel and get the, that kind of stuff happening. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we did, and it was awesome right from the get go. The, the first opening, uh, session was a panel with Grace Bonnie of Design Sponge and yeah. Maxwell of Apartment Therapy and Jean Awe of Not Caught and um, Heather Armstrong wow. of Deuce, who is like the original blogger, personal blogger, um, also a photographer. Okay. Anyway, it was awesome. People loved it. Um, I think we maybe had 300 people there, but it, you know, it was all the things that I had loved about mom blogging conferences, but with this design sure. focus. And sure. Anyway, so I'm taking too long to tell this story, but um, <laughs> okay. one of no, the attendees. Great. I love it. One so of the attendees cool. was Ben Silverman, and um, Ben Silverman comes, and he's very shy. He seems yes. you can see like this is probably an introvert, and that's fine. And um, um, was very just so kind, but but seemed very quiet, and was going kind of person to person. And he'd open his laptop, and make you know they'd chat, and then he'd show, "Let me show you this thing I'm working on." <laughs> and everyone was very interested in it. It was like right up our alley. It was like so perfect. It was like a tool we really needed. Um, yes. as design bloggers and um anyway and then the next year he came back and he we actually put him on a panel to talk about you know growing a, a business and he was, anyway so he's on a panel at the conference and then the next year he came back and he was the keynote speaker because the his business that he was showing everyone was pinterest and <laughs> oh, okay. he's the founder of pinterest <laughs> oh god He's the founder of Pinterest, and he and he says Alt Summit is the soil that Pinterest grew from, and he really did go find Good all his first Lord. users, all his first power users. He found at Alt Summit, like wow. SF Girl by the Bay and Joy Cho, and you know, like they all came through their design blogging connections, and um, so he, you know, he he could be like they were the ideal first users of of Pinterest because it's such yeah. a visual medium and here these were design bloggers that were no constantly making way. and curating content yeah. and um and <sighs> it was beautiful it was beautiful and I remember when he key came back and keynoted and you could you know this was still early days for Pinterest um it might have still been yeah. beta I mean it was huge it blown up but it was still like um they were testing things out and sure you know questions from the audience like when are you gonna do private boards we really need private <laughs> boards we're like planning parties and we're planning stuff and everyone can see what we're pinning and anyway and so he introduced private boards like but he was yeah I mean a lot of what he was doing was really just in direct reaction to the design blogging community yeah with, with an alt summit and y'all were like has, his focus group or something for sure 100 yeah, 100%. yeah. And alt summit has definitely grown beyond just design bloggers it's now all sorts of social media people and um, yeah you know this is yeah, before sure. This was before Instagram existed. This is before, oh you know, um, yeah, yeah. a lot of this stuff was a thing. But but mm -hmm. yeah, like, I mean, pretty fun to have launched something like Pinterest. Like, that's amazing, you know, at, yeah. at an event Insane. that I had. Insane. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. Was you anyway. said Ben Silverman, yeah. and I was like, I'm going, I know Ben Silverman. Know Why do name. I know Ben I know Silverman? <laughs> I, yeah, I know that name. I'm supposed to know that name. Yeah. Pinterest, boom. Yeah, I, so he's that is he's, nuts. He's come back a couple of times to keynote. He's, um, yeah. and it always just gets a, a very good reception. I mean, it's just... His people, and I know Pinterest has grown to be such a different thing, and and uh, recipes, and I mean now, I mean it's just a, it's just a, it's very different than it was when it first started. Sure. But um, the prettiest content on there, the stuff that you're just like, 
Ogle and just love is still coming mm -hmm. from the design bloggers. You know, so a lot of, a lot of yeah. those core users, and um, yeah, and and he knows that, and he knows that that um, there's a connection there. And I, anyway, he's great. He's a great guy. That he's a really is, great uh, guy. Yeah, that is so cool. I, yeah. I love that. Um, <laughs> you know, we are um, we're speaking um, the day after the inauguration. Um, oh. this, this, this blog oh, post will, so, yeah. yeah, you and I, you and I are, yeah, no. And, uh, you, I was like, you, you're speaking with Ben Silverman. The yeah, 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 no, oh, yeah, no, <laughs> I wish, um, no, you and I are the, the inauguration was yesterday. And, yeah. um, and so, um, you know, when people hear this, we're launching this in a, in a few weeks, so it'll be a little bit late, but, um, yeah. this, that kind of story, um, is happening with, um, Amanda Gorman. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's all anyone's talking Whoa. about it and well deserved. I mean, uh. she she tweeted um maybe it was last night, maybe it was, I saw it this morning my time so it could have been late uh -huh. night for her but she said uh -huh. um that her books were both number one sellers on Amazon all of a sudden, yes. you know, like, and I'm like, and and well deserved and thank goodness yes. it's just been beautiful to watch. And to hear to listen to this poem and I didn't know what was coming. None of us knew what was coming. And no. you're listening to it going Oh, I didn't know how badly I needed that. Like I didn't know <laughs> yeah. how yeah. badly I needed that, and clearly everyone needed that. Like it was yeah. so incredible. Wow. Oh, like wow. a bomb on I the mean, deepest of wounds. Wounds. Yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, it was yeah. just incredible. And you know, little parts of her story are kind of coming out. Um, you know, obviously she's the um, poet laureate, the the, uh, the, the youth poet, the youngest one. You know, and, mm -hmm. and anyways, but uh, she um, she was found. I, I get well, not found, but like she spoke at a deal that Jill Biden was at, Doctor Biden, and and this I was like it. I don't know if it was a year ago or months or whatever it was, and you know I don't know all the details. But, you know, again, it's just that same story of like someone's just doing their thing and then someone else does this. And the next thing you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're beautiful. you're speaking at a thing that, you know, the, the future first lady of the United States is at. And then yep. she goes, you know what? We need a poet to we speak at poet. the. Hey, here's here's <laughs> somebody. One. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love oh. that kind of thing. Just love it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's um, so incredibly cool to see, I mean, obviously those are two massive success stories. <laughs> um, my goodness. Um, it's funny. I didn't think you could top Joanna Gaines, but Pinterest is pretty big. Well, so. yeah, both, and and ne neither story do I get any credit for, let's be honest, but very no, I know, fun, I very know, but fun you're a part of any them. connection there, you know, and to that's feel right. like you're, I could amplify their story in any way is amazing to me. So that's great. Yes. And, and, and the thing is, is that, is that you're a part of them. And, and a part of that, I think, is because you had decided at some point to use your voice. Mm -hmm. um, I want to ask you, have you always known about your voice? You know, like, because you have a beautiful voice and, <laughs> and you use it so eloquently you, and, and you speak about so many different things. Was it that way since you were a kid? Did you always have something to say? Were you shy? A little shy? bit. No, a little bit. I mean, of course, none of what I do now existed when I was a kid. So there's no sense that I had some picture well, in my course. mind of like how, what yes. of the career I've ended up with. But right. um, no, it was funny because my mom, like I'm number five of eight kids. And in our mm -hmm. house, um, you know, number five, you're like, 
I mean, you're like, it's not like you're like <laughs> drawing a lot of, you're not like drawing a lot of attention, right? Yeah, like, you know, there's the right. older kids are, you know, going through their first and, and, and anyway. Um, yeah. So my, in, in our family, my mom sort of, and my dad too thought I was kind of shy or they thought I was sort of kind of receded into the background because at home I would, I was like, mm, I don't need this at home. I just step back. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so they said they were shocked and they said this a few times. They would sort of, I guess, forget, but that they would see me at a school function, they'd come to the school to, for whatever reason and see that I was like in charge of everything and, you know, making <laughs> whatever yeah. the activity was, I was like um, directing. And then I ended up, you know, I do, I'd run for class president. I, there was a program called okay. Girl State and Boys State that. Yes, um, right. Yeah. Have governor. you seen that movie? I, yeah. I got elected governor at Girl State. You did? And yeah, like, so I've, I've always liked, um, I've always liked having a voice and, and making it heard okay. for sure. But I didn't ever think about a career that way. Like really for when I started okay. thinking career, I was really focused on design. I knew I wanted uh-huh. to do design and I wanted to, part of the appeal of that was I also knew I wanted a big family mm-hmm. and I could see design. I could see I, I was, had talent for design. I was good at it. I liked it. But I, I could also see um, I could do it and be a mom. I, there was a good balance there. I could do this from a laptop. I, I was I was especially focused on graphic design, mm-hmm. and um, I just needed a laptop, and I was like, oh, I can balance that. But anyway, so I did not think of using my voice the way I have for a career. That has been um, definitely a surprise. That is so incredibly cool. Um, and also, I, you might have said yes, but did you watch the movie Boy State? No, I don't think I knew. I don't... I don't think oh, you, like Boy State as in like run by the American Legion, Girl State run yes. by the American Legion Auxiliary. What's, what's yes. the movie? I don't know the movie. The, the, it, you need to, it's, um, okay, I think it's, it is it Apple I'll TV or Amazon? I can't remember. Oh, is it like a yes. new thing? Yeah, it's new. It just came out like what? in the last like year or so. It, okay. You've got to go watch this. Okay. And this was my first introduction into this whole thing. Was and it they positive? Do the... I loved my experience, but I don't know if everyone yes. does. Oh. It, it was positive. Okay. Um, and it showed both sides of the deal. But they did the one actually in Austin for Texas. Okay. It's Apple, uh, Clint. It was Apple TV. In Apple. Okay. But oh, man, I have a funniest story about you had to like interview to get to like you had to apply to it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, sure. And um, so, and it's, you know, these American Legion auxiliary ladies, all these kind of white haired ladies, and they're like around a table. And so I go in and they're, and the first thing they asked is, they said, um, do you know the national anthem? I'm like, yeah. Like I, I grew up singing all the patriotic songs sure, or whatever. And they're like, sure. oh, would you sing it? I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> no, there's no accompaniment. There's no, it's a very hard song to sing, right? It's like, it's like we ask Lady Gaga, right? Because it's like such a hard song to sing. You yeah. have to find like the best. Yes. I'm not a singer. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> you know, like I sing in the congregation at church or whatever. Anyway, so I like sing the whole awesome. thing. I'll compel the whole first verse. No. And then I'm walking out and I'm the first one interviewed. I'm a very confident kid. So I'm the first one to go in for the interview. Okay. And um, I come out, but it's my friends out there. I'm like, and I tell them like, practice the national anthem. You're like, <laughs> the national anthem. like trying to get my heads up. Turns out, turns out it was so painful for everybody in the room that no. had to listen to me. But they all just had to, la- the next people just had to sing one line. <laughs> just the first line. Oh my goodness. <laughs> they're like, just hum oh. it. Yankee yeah, Doodle Dandy. Like, just just something. Trust, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, oh, Lisa, Lisa how, how quickly would you have just walked out of the room when they asked you to sing? <laughs> I, um, I just have to know. Actually, I used 
to do theater. You don't know this oh. side of me, Clint. What? And I so sang, you would have like nailed it. <laughs> um, no, but I did once have to sing at an audition for a play, and my mom was no. there, and I just did it. And my sister, and okay. to this day, they joke about it because they would never expect me to do that. I don't think I would ever <laughs> oh do it. Oh my gosh! Because it was so oh traumatic. my gosh. So maybe that, if you want to go to girl state, maybe yeah, you've done but, it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, that was a different time. There's lots of things that little stories that like I have no idea of your singing yet. ability, Lisa. <laughs> but like I would have just assumed that they would have said, "Well, you sing the national anthem," and you wouldn't even have like said anything. You just walked Walk out. Walk out of the room. Um, yeah. And today I would do that. Yeah. Today I would just go. Okay. Oh Bye, my see God. Best of luck to everyone yeah. else. Uh, well, Gabby, when I was yeah. going to college, I, you know, music was um, my life, and oh. I really thought that that's what I was going to do with my life. And so I was like, I'm going to get a musical scholarship to Baylor University. This <laughs> nice. is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get a musical scholarship. <laughs> and um, a little uh, known uh, fact about me is I, when I was going to youth camps and I was a younger kid, um, there was a musician there um, who became a friend of mine. And then he became really, really well known after that. And his name was mm. Chris Rice. I don't know if you mm. ever heard his music. Mm. And, um, and, uh, and he was really big in like the Christian music world, you know, mm -hmm. et cetera. Um, or quote unquote Christian music world, whatever. <laughs> and yeah, I, don't, I honestly don't even know what that means, yeah. but whatever. I don't know if the songs are going to heaven or hell. I'm not, I don't really know how that works. But um, anyways, his music was like amazing and, um, and, uh, and, and still a good friend of mine. He's just wonderful. And uh, anyways, he he met me, he was in Texas at the time, and he met me out in, in Waco when I went out to Waco, to Baylor, oh to try out for the School of Music oh for, for a scholarship. And so I, I've never had opera training ever, I, I'm ever, okay? And I'm really not that great of a singer. I mean, I'm okay, you know, um, but whatever. I'm not doing it for a living, let's put it that way. <laughs> And so, but I have to like memorize and like learn this like Italian song. Yes. Not operatic. even English. Oh, shoot. No. <laughs> and I mean, I go out there and Chris Rice is sitting in the room with us, this accomplished musician, you know, who's like mm -hmm. very talented. <laughs> and then these, these um, women like sat down and they like played some stuff on the piano and made me like recite it. And then I had to sing this Italian song ridiculous <laughs> so bad gabby like oh horrible. I it's lovely. no it's lovely <laughs> yes like operatic i had to sing this so oh, bad oh, like oh. yeah and um so you know i leave and uh, again i was going for a scholarship well i get a letter a couple weeks later not only did i not get a scholarship i didn't even get accepted into the school oh, of oh, music Oh, shit. Did you think that you did well at, when you performed? Uh, I mean, no. I, okay. I thought you I was suspected. like, no, okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I mean, I knew I didn't blow their socks off or anything, but uh, yeah. Oh, that <laughs> must have hurt. Ouch. Oh man, oh, you know man. what? It it ended up okay for me Good. and the rest of the world. Good. So. Good. Glad to hear it. Oh man. Uh that is really fun. Okay, go watch Boy State uh okay. as soon as you can. Um So uh, your voice has um evolved uh over time and uh I absolutely just love how it has changed and I think that that's a story that like people need to, you know, uh, 
to look at because we need examples in our life. And I think yours is one of just like, Hey, you started this thing, you figured it out and kind of went to here and went to there. And, and, and next thing you know, you, you know, 8,000 blog posts <laughs> later and, and et cetera, et cetera. And massive careers launched, you know, the whole, the whole deal. Um, all along the way, obviously faith has been, uh, uh, an important, uh, you know, your Christian faith. Um, you're part of the Mormon church yeah. and, and, and that has helped shape your um, views in regards to a lot of different things. I, I want to know how has that shaped your views in regards to women? Because you, um, you know, the Alt Summit right. that you talked about, right. your blog, you're amplifying women's voices. Um, in the, you know, I grew up in the Christian faith as well. And I, I so I want to be careful here because I talk well, I can, a lot. I can tell you, I mean, Mormonism especially is incredibly patriarchal, and I don't know if that's where okay. you're headed, but like, well, yeah, it's crazy patriarchal. So like, okay, yeah, well, it, it, and that's what it, I, I I feel bad sometimes because I'm like I've brought up the Southern Baptist Church, what I grew up in, you know, evangelical church, whatever, sure. and it's like, look, I, there were some good things, but there's some things still. It's like, hey, this is not good, right. and right. and and so a women being brought up to amplify other women's voices and like create conferences oh. is not something I would think would be born out of the Southern of Baptist church. Right, <laughs> so right, right. is it, is right. it not out of Mormonism as well? Weirdly it's, there's just a, like I, Mormonism is its own, I know weirdness for sure. But like, um, I would say of the top 10 mom bloggers ever in the world that are either currently writing or have written, nine of them are either practicing Mormon or grew up a Mormon. Like it's wow. like, oh, wow. like, like for whatever reason, Mormons produce very confident women, a lot of really confident wow. women. And um, yet it's real patriarchal. It's very patriarchal. Um, and I think we, the women, if we, if it is producing wrong, strong women, then you know the women have worked hard to overcome that. It is a funny uh, dichotomy because it's this super, you know, very traditional, very patriarchal system, but also really pushes education, like mm -hmm. super focused on education, okay. builds its own universities, makes sure people, um, you know, they're competitive to get into, like they're, okay. they're, they're, um, anyway, and like you're really, really encouraged to get an education, women and men. And, um, I mean, I felt like I was always encouraged and what, you know, like, education um changes you right i mean like with the whole like yeah. we all we all say education it opens your solves eyes a yeah. lot of problems and it, it really yes. helps people and it definitely opens your eyes so you have all these very smart women that are educated that um know, you know know they have options and mm. they may still choose to take on a traditional role and that's great i mean we're, we're very um that, that's fine um we're, we we know you have options, choose options you want, but, but, um, what do you think, you know, of course, what's going to happen when you have all these educated women, they're going to have powerful voices. So it is this funny thing, but for a lot of women, it becomes a really, a lot of Mormon women, it becomes a very, um, like a stumbling block where they really are, uh, torn apart, feeling like they're drawn mm. to a career, um, but also feeling really like they shouldn't be outside the home while they have kids, like it really mm. torn, um, because they're, they're, you get, you're getting these mixed messages and yeah, that definitely sure. happens in, in the Mormon church. Um, you definitely get these messages that like the priority for women is to be home with kids. Now mm -hmm. that is immediately to any woman hearing that 
to any person hearing that, I hope, you can immediately see the problems. Um, first of all, not every woman has kids, even if she right. wants to. Yeah. That's not like you don't right. always get to choose that. <laughs> yeah. um, um, even if she's married and trying to have kids, doesn't mean she's going to get to have That's kids. Right. Sure. And um, I mean, when you look at your own parents or anyone that um, has raised kids, like it's not a full time job after yeah. a, f- a short few years. You know, like even, even as I, I now have still three kids at home, three kids in college. I parent the kids in college a whole lot less than I parent the yeah. kids at home. Like, <laughs> I would hope I mean, so, right? right? Yeah. Like, it's not, that's not, I'm not saying anything bold there. That's just a fact. Yeah, this is so, life, yeah. So the idea that um, the main priority, you know, you know, for any church or any organization to say, the main priority for women, their number one priority needs to be, you know, raising kids. Of course, that's going to be super problematic. Like, why would you ever say that? Like, that's going to be, yeah. that actually is a very narrow group of women you're talking to that can't, you know, uh, um, of all those women in your organization that are in a, like a child raising age frame, you're talking about a small amount of women and you're really hurting yeah. everyone else, you know, by saying every other woman by saying that's the priority. Um, so I know and in the Mormon church, they've definitely tried to um, temper that or, you know, they've mm. tried to be more open about like, oh, actually, it's OK if women are working. Um, like uh, I remember one of our church presidents had been in the hospital and came out of it and was appreciating like every nurse he'd had had been a, a, a mm. woman and some of them mm-hmm. with kids, some of them without. And he, I remember him speaking. I don't remember the words he said, but I remember him sort of acknowledging like, oh, yeah, of course we need women working. Like they're doing valuable jobs. Um, in mm. his case, he had experienced wow. this such great quality nursing. Sure. Um, anyway, um, so, but it's not, we're not there yet. So I feel like the church has been okay. better than maybe it has in the past about making sure women know they have options. But mm. it's still, there's still a lot of guilt for um, that women in the Mormon church experience who have decided they want a career outside the home. They experience a lot of guilt, a lot of um, wow. conflict. Yeah. Um, um, I ha- am a rare case that didn't. I didn't mm-hmm. know I was a rare case. For whatever reason, I kind of thought everyone was approaching um, what they were hearing the same way I did, which is basically like, well, this doesn't really apply to me. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. I, anyway, no. like, I, like eh, they must be talking to someone else. I yeah. just, it, like, I don't know. It just didn't ever... Um, didn't register with you, no. like oh, and so I, I did, yeah. and I didn't understand how deeply it was registering for other women until I was in my twenties with all these kids and talking to the other mothers, some of whom were miserable as stay-at-home mothers and really wasn't a good fit for them, but sure. felt just compelled to do it because they were trying to be um, good members of their faith and didn't mm. didn't have models, didn't see another way. Um, hopefully. For the gen- for my children's generation, hopefully, if they if if they want to um, take part in the Mormon faith and they're women and they uh, also want to have a career, hopefully they can see enough models in front of them. Hopefully, I'm a model. Hopefully, there's a lot of other models I can think of sure. many that I know that they can see. They can choose both, and they and mm-hmm. that having a career doesn't mean they can't have kids mm-hmm. or vice versa. You know, like there's there's um anyway. So hopefully, it's getting better, but. There's still a long ways to go, for sure. Did that's so interesting. Um, do you do you have 
women, um, I noticed you said president. It is, it, it, would so it be pastor, no, president? Do you have... We have tons of women leaders, but not priesthood leaders. So the way okay, it okay. works in, and you're going you're gonna to get like way too much Mormonism uh, doctrine here. Sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Deep dive into the... I'm audience. learning. I don't know. Um, so, so basically, um, so we have women's organizations, we have children's organizations, we have mm-hmm. youth organizations, um, and women are in charge in all these places. Okay. Um, but the, the men's organizations, of course, men are uh, in charge of those, but then also any overall church organizations mm-hmm. or church, like leadership positions are all, um, all also men. Now, uh, how do I say it? Okay, so, no, I mean, at the highest, let, here we, ha, ha, here's what it is. So priesthood in Mormonism is not a, it's not something like you say, I want to become a priest, and then you decide to have a career as a priest. It's not okay. like that at all. Okay. Every man in Mormonism, starting as young as age 12, mm-hmm. although if they become a Mormon when they're 30, then starting at 30, but um, if they okay. grew up a Mormon starting at age 12, gets the priesthood. Every man in the Mormon church has oh, the priesthood. Okay. It's not okay. a, it, it, like it's a, everyone has it. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you say, I want a life in the church. We have no paid clergy. So okay. the leader of your congregation is called a bishop. He serves for maybe five years is typical. Okay. And then a new one gets assigned. That bishop has an entire separate career. Like gotcha. I've had bishops that are lawyers. I have bishops that are doctors. Okay. I have bishops that run businesses. I have bishops that, you know, uh, are professors. Like, you, so like Mitt Romney could have been a, a bishop at one I'm, point. I think he or, has or, been. I think he has okay. been. I th- okay. and, and, and then, so, so all of our church leaders, now that goes up to the very top, mm-hmm. all had other careers. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and even while you're bishop, you're still doing your other job, gotcha. unless you're, of yep. course, at retirement age. Um, mm-hmm. So, so and, the, and the dumb thing that has happened, and it didn't used to be in the history of the church, but the dumb thing that has happened starting in around the 1950s is they started tying leadership positions in the church to priesthood. So you had to mm. have priesthood to have this leadership position, which means only men could only have the men priest, can, the, the, yes. these leadership yeah. positions. Okay. Now, now, the, so, and, so the Mormon church, you've got your congregation, and then several congregations, like about eight congregations, make up uh, stake, S-T-A-K-E. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then you have your stake leadership, and then, um, and then beyond that, there's like the whole kind of, they're called general authorities, and um, we call the Quorum of the Twelve as the top leadership and the presidency. So there's, there's this top okay. leadership and, you know, making this kind of pyramid. Um, there are women all the way up until those top 15 positions. Okay. Does that make, so like my, the women's organization, the Mormon church is called the Relief Society and it started as a service organization offering relief to anyone in need, right? Okay. That's what's called the Relief Society. And so you have a Relief Society president at your congregation level, which is your Mm -hmm. ward. So, and that's a woman and she's got a whole presidency and she runs the whole thing. And then at the stake level, same thing. Women are running that. And then at the general presidency level, women are, there's a general Relief Society president over the whole, all okay. the other presidencies. Okay. All women. But there's men above that and there's no women uh, above that. Does that make okay. sense? Okay. Yep. And, yep. Um, and at, at all those levels, there's always a man that's above. So even at your ward level, yeah, she's in charge of the Relief Society, but there's a bishop above her and he's really the one, the last final say, the last one mm. that gets all deciding power. Mm-hmm. So she may say, mm-hmm. hey, we really want to do this. And most bishops, 
are, I mean, they'd be an idiot not to listen to their Relief Society president because she knows far more what's going on with the women in the ward than right. the women in the congregation than he does. Right. Yeah, and so they're most, actually boots on the ground. They know what's Right, and what's so happening. like a good bishop yeah. is basically defers to the Relief Society president in, yes. in basically every case, like, yes, whatever you want, whatever you want. But, yes. um, but in theory, if he wanted to say, no, we're not doing that, you know, no, don't give that person that assignment. No, there's no mm-hmm. budget for that. He can. And okay. so, I mean, ultimately, the all decision-making power is with men. Mm-hmm. I mean, the ultimate is in, our, in, our, hmm. in the way the Mormon church is set up. So do you want to see awful. that change? Is that something that you are actively, do you think it will change? Is it even possible? I, I mean, there was a real attention paid to it a few years ago. Um, a woman mm-hmm. named Kate Kelly really led kind of, I want to call it like a campaign or just like brought a lot of awareness to it. And she mm-hmm. was kicked out of the church. She was excommunicated. Oh, wow. Um, it oh, was wow. awful. It was, just, I, I, it made me super, super sad. Um, I, I personally, I'm not like I'm not actually interested in um, having the priesthood for whatever reason. That's not a draw to me, but uh-huh. I love decision making power. Like I, I am drawn <laughs> to power, right? Yeah. Um, like I walk into any room and there's a big party going on. And I fi- like it's like I'm like like a magnet drawn to whoever's the most powerful person in the room. Like I like want to be there and see, talk to them and whatever. That's so funny. Yeah. So I know that about myself, and I can also say like I know I'm drawn to power, but I'm not drawn to priesthood. I don't care about that. So I mm-hmm. think I would be delighted if um, they separated decision-making power or decision-making positions from priesthood. There's no mm-hmm. reason they need to be the same thing. Got it. It, yes. it, they weren't always that way. Like the Relief Society used to be totally independent. It didn't mm-hmm. have any men over it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and not just that. Anyway, so there, there's, no, there's no reason they have to be connected. It's just tradition, really. Yes. And yes. so I would love to see that moved apart. Um, if that was moved apart, if women were in the room every time a decision is being made that's going to affect people in the church, um, and yeah. I want to say both men and women in the church, because the women are affected even if it just affects like the young men, mm-hmm. all their mm-hmm. mothers are still affected by, you know, like the yeah. women are mm-hmm. always affected. Yeah. Um, so if women were in every meeting, decision-making meeting, if women were represented and were, rep, you know, and not just one, you know, you need, yes. you need many so that um, you hear, fair you're hearing lots of voices. Yeah, you're yeah. Yeah. A fair rep- mm-hmm. exactly right. A fair representation. Uh, I would be fine. Like that would be, settle it for me, even if that had nothing to do with priesthood and I couldn't be a priest. For me mm-hmm. personally, that would be fine. Not all Mormon women feel that way. Some, some Mormon women are fine as it is right now, don't want, want any change. Others are like, no, 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 I really want the priesthood. priesthood. They feel really drawn and they really want the priesthood. Now, Mormon Mm -hmm. women teach all the time. In the same way we don't have a a paid clergy, we have, there's no, it's not like the same person gets up and teaches on Sunday. It's a different person Mm -hmm. every week. They just get assigned. So, and everyone has to take turns. So like my kids will get up and talk. I get up and talk. Like you get assigned and you give a talk, you know, your topic is on service Mm -hmm. or on uh, baptism or whatever it might be. And then you prepare a lesson and you talk and you teach. So women teach all the time. That's not yeah. an issue, and they teach on every level. Um, but again, they don't have decision-making power, and they can't do certain uh, ordinances like bless the sacrament um, mm. or things like that that just the priesthood do. And there are some okay. women that feel very drawn to that. Mm. Um, most things women in the Mormon church that you do as a Mormon, most th- by far most things women can do. But mm. there are things they can't, and... The worst part is that, the, the, for me, is that decision-making. Like, there should always yeah. be women in the room. Yeah. Like, 
period. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, and and that leads to uh, another really important uh, discussion here. Uh, first of all, I want to say I can totally relate to what you're mm -hmm. saying. Mm -hmm. um, it was a big deal whenever um, uh, women were allowed to be pastors of mm -hmm. Baptist church mm -hmm. churches, you know, growing up. And um, so, you know, that was like something that women had to fight for. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and I'm super thankful that that has changed. Um, mm -hmm. There are still churches um, where, <clears throat> you know, you have what's called the elders, you know, and it's just your group of like, you know, people that sort of make all the decisions for the church and they can actually decide to like, you know, fire a pastor, yeah. you know, whatever yeah. in, the, in, the, in the Baptist church, let's say. In a lot of cases, those elder groups are all men. Right, right. And right. and when there are no women elders and mm -hmm. um, and some will maybe say that, like, well, you know, our wives are half of us. And so mm -hmm. they're a part. And I'm like, no, nope, not, not the same. It's, it's the just same. not the yeah. same. It's not it, the same. It's, it's it's not. And um, uh, period. No. <laughs> like there is no. It's not the same. They need to be in the room. And your wife isn't necessarily representative either. Like it needs to be the, the same way you were, you, you know, the, however you got to be in that part of the elders, women need to be in there the same way. So not just That's by right. default, like yeah. in the same way, yeah. like that was a troubling thing for a lot of people when um, Trump's kids were taking positions like, whoa, whoa, whoa we didn't elect them, mm. you know, like mm -hmm. we elected Trump and, and, yep. and it's just, it would be the same thing. Like, Hey, just cause you're an elder doesn't mean your wife is the one that should be representing women's voices. There's probably women leaders out That's, there that yes. are a natural fit for this. And your wife might yes. be one of them. I don't know. I don't know your wife. But she, uh, yeah, assume, and I'm not on an elder group anywhere and I don't want right, to be. Right, right. Yes, but don't but, assume right, yeah. That, yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and or maybe there's a single, you know, 30-year-old woman who, yeah. yeah, and like she needs yeah. to have a voice. Like, there are probably the single people in your congregation that are not being represented and their needs are exactly. not being met because no one's representing their, no, no one's representing them. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, I, yeah, I, yeah, I know. Whew, exactly. <laughs> Whew, we are getting into it. I love it. Okay, everybody. Man Unmade was created to amplify women's voices. And early on, we decided that beyond each interview, we also wanted to highlight women in business and music. So in each episode, we'll take time out to turn you on to a new business you've maybe never heard of and a singer-songwriter whose music we think you should try out. The music will come at the end of each podcast, so make sure you keep listening after we've wrapped the interview. If you're listening now and you happen to own or work for or have a friend with a business, or if you know of an artist or you are one, shoot us an email to contact at manunmadepodcast.com. But the spotlight on women's businesses is right now. Our guest today, obviously, is Gabrielle Blair, the design mom. And so how can we not uh, take a couple minutes out and just highlight one of her businesses, which is Alt Summit. Um, the, uh, it's a conference and community of thousands of women influencers and entrepreneurs in the creative fields. Um, we've already talked about it here on the podcast with her. Um, but I just want to point it out once again uh, as an amazing uh, place um, for women uh, of all kinds to uh, join together and uh, learn and share. Um, she has had some incredible guests over the years as speakers, including Joanna Gaines. Hello, um, Jessica Alba, Grace Bonney. Uh, Lisa Condon. I mean, tons and tons of amazing 
uh, speakers, just awesome stuff going on there. Um, but right now, Lisa, obviously the COVID situation has made it to where she's not meeting, you know, in person. Um, what are they doing right now? Yeah, right now they're doing this the social distance learning on their website. You can go there and learn online with Alt Summit Community. Okay. And it'll take you to a Vimeo site, and then they have several videos that you can watch and learn about different subjects that can help your business, um, depending on what you're interested in. One of them is want to be a Pinterest superstar. Another one is making art on the iPad. You can, and they're like long. They're, well, the iPad one is two hours, and you can learn so much from these like little classes, which is a, and they're free, which is great. So it's a nice thing that wow. they're doing because of obviously in the COVID situation, they get, have this resource on their website. Gosh, she is so prolific. Yes, Gabrielle Blair. You know? Yeah, she's amazing. Thank you, Gabrielle. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Thank you, Gabrielle. You're making us all um, so much better. Yeah, she talks about like all the different folks. So we uh, we now draw creative, design, appreciative entrepreneurs across all sorts of platforms, artists, photographers, pinners, Instagrammers, vloggers, shop owners, content creators, designers, and yes, still bloggers. I mean, it's just, there's so much at this thing. And I love that it was just something that she and her sisters just created. Like amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Really cool. Uh, altitudesummit.com. You can go on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and find them at Alt Summit. That's Alt it. Summit. Alt Summit. Yeah. yeah. Alt. You say alt, I say alt. I don't think anybody says alt. I think she Altitude. says. Altitude. Yeah. I think she says Alt Summit. She does. Yeah. Well, cause, but see, it's funny because I would read uh, Altitude Summit. Would you say Altitude Summit? In the podcast, she actually, in our interview, she says it was Altitude Summit, but now it's known as Alt Summit. Ah, got it. Yeah. Well, so you can go and find them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Alt Summit. Or online, you can go to www.altitudesummit.com. There you go. Gabrielle, amazing. You continue to blow us away. Um, keep it up. Women belong in all places where decisions are being made. It shouldn't be that women are the exception. The notorious RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, so, you know, your voice, um, it just, it, like I said, it's evolved. Um, and, sure. and you uh, have, you know, thoughts, obviously, as you just shared, <laughs> on women's, you know, voices in the church, uh, in, in not just yours, and other churches. I mean, because it's just, at the end of the day, it's women's voices. They need to be heard. Right. Um, it, your voice has also now ventured in, and I don't know for how long, but into uh, politic, politics, yeah. um, women's issues, yeah. um, abortion, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. gun rights, mm-hmm. um, and all of that. Your Twitter threads are epic. <laughs> like sometimes, sometimes epic. Even even if you miss the mark, Gabby, they're still <laughs> epic. Um, when did that start, and how did that kind of change the game for you? Because I mean, I, you know, I, I'm paying attention on Twitter and whatnot, and I'm seeing some of the people. <laughs> retweet your stuff and yeah. i'm like do you realize who's retweeting you know what i mean like this is <laughs> sometimes this is... i don't but um, right right so it's definitely been a new uh pivot in my online presence and career um i've yeah. always truly always talked about current events um i don't know mm-hmm. always specifically politics although it all at this point i think we've all discovered politics is 
covers everything. You know, like everything is affected by politics. So yeah. um, parenting is affected by politics. So if you're talking about parenting, great. Design yes. is affected by parenting. If I'm talking about design, it's affected by politics. So yeah. really, um, we should all be talking about politics because yeah. <laughs> it's affecting us whether we want it to or not. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. so I've always ta- was talking about uh, like before the Me Too movement, years before the Me Too movement, there was a Yes All Women hashtag. I remember yep. definitely covering that. I was already covering kind of police violence against black people before yes. there was a Black Lives Matter. I mean, mm-hmm. when these things would happen, um, my kids would want to talk about it. And I would want, like, if we're talking about it as a family, I'd want to talk about it on the blog. Mm-hmm. So, so that isn't new. But then Twitter was new. So Twitter was like the first social media I was on. It was kind of the first one out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I signed, I feel like I've been on Twitter since 2006, which is when I started Design Mom. Um, maybe it was 2007. But it, it didn't ever really click for me. It was never my favorite one. Um, I, it, it, at first you couldn't even do any pictures or anything visual. And here I was this design blogger and it just didn't, you know, mm-hmm. my, it's like my audience wasn't there. They, they loved Instagram when it started. They loved Pinterest when it started, but they never really cared for Twitter. Right. Um, but then I ended up getting on... Um, leading up to the 2016 election, as a lot of people were, so much was happening on Twitter. So I, right, I had right. my account, I'd had it, and I would always, you know, I'd, when I'd share an Instagram post, I'd share it to Twitter and Facebook too or whatever, yeah. you know, but, but mm-hmm. I like really started getting active on, on Twitter and I changed the way I used it entirely. I either unfollowed or muted most people I knew, mm-hmm. pardon me, because um, I was already following them on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. I didn't need yeah. that. And I kind of wanted strangers. Like I wanted it to be more strangers. It was so hard and heartbreaking to argue with my uncle on Facebook. Like it was yes. just so painful. Yeah. And I and, and and Instagram was still just beauty beautiful. Like nothing really was happening over there politically. That has changed too, but nothing at the mm-hmm. time. And so I wanted Instagram. I mean, I wanted Twitter just to be strangers where if I agreed with them or disagreed with them, it didn't like hurt my core right yeah so i actually mm. like looked up um, i would google like give me the top list of conservative voices on twitter and and yeah. progressive voices on twitter and i just go randomly follow all of them you know like i didn't know who wow. they were and follow all yeah. of them and um and then you know anyway i all of a sudden loved twitter like once i like <laughs> took kind of control yeah. of that i loved it yeah i was yeah. seeing tons of different viewpoints um and again sometimes i would just like adamantly disagree with what I was seeing, right. but I didn't care. I didn't care. It didn't hurt my feelings. You know, yeah. like it, yeah, was it fine. does have that way about it. Doesn't yeah. it? Like, it's like, yeah, I don't agree, but whatever, but whatever. You know, I, yeah. you're a total yeah. stranger to me. I don't care. And if people yeah. were interacting with me negatively, it was like, I don't know who you are. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like whatever. It yeah. just means nothing. Yeah. Your so, opinion uh, of me doesn't matter to me because I don't know you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, which is so healthy. That's so, good. Uh, yeah. So anyway, it was delightful for me. I loved it. And, um, and it has its very own particular culture as all social medias mm-hmm. do. But yeah. like you start learning about things like what is a Twitter threat? Like, you know, like, right. Oh, what you know that, cause that didn't even exist when I first got on Twitter yeah. and you, and yeah. there's all sorts of little things people say on Twitter and memes that are Twitter specific and whatever. And, so I just was also just observing and, and listening to Twitter, right? And kind of learning Twitter and just really loved it. It was its own kind of peculiar thing. Um, not everyone loves it, I know, but I, for, sure. I, I really enjoyed it. And yeah. um, so one day decided to try writing a thread. And I had been thinking about this topic for a long time, about six months. 
And I kind of written out thoughts about it. And it's like, oh, should it be a blog post? Wasn't sure. And said, I think I'm going to try a Twitter thread. And this was about two, it was September of, what are we on? 2021? I think 16? it was September 2019. Oh, 19. Oh, okay. So oh, okay. like, so I've yes. been on Twitter for, for a few years, just observing. Okay. And, um, and I would retweet people all the time. I was always retweeting, yes. but I wasn't like saying a lot. Yeah. Yes. Um, I was yeah. just re- retweeting. So like, again, using it to amplify voices. Like, okay, yes. great. I've yeah. got the platform. I had about 30,000 followers. I'm like, I'll just keep okay. retweeting. Sure. And um, anyway, I said, I'm going to try and write a thread. And as I was hitting publish, I wasn't worried about a backlash. It was, a, it was about abortion. So I, mm-hmm. I should have been like nervous that I was going to be attacked, which I definitely was uh, attacked. But I was not nervous about Gosh, that. Yeah. Yeah. I was just had pride, meaning like, it was a really long thread, and mm-hmm. um, you're not supposed to write really long threads. It was a really long thread. It was my first one, so it felt really obnoxious that I was like, oh. had written like a 63-point thread for my, my first thread, and it was really like, what if no one reads it? And I got these six, yeah. like, I was just going to be so embarrassed, so I was like, how wow. fast can I delete 63 oh tweets? Like, that was like the last thought in my head as I was like hitting publish. I was so nervous about that. Yeah. And so I hit publish and about, I don't know, like 10 minutes later, I get a text from my bishop, the leader of my congregation saying, this is amazing. He's a lawyer. This is the, this is like, you could build a whole law career around this. This is the greatest thing. I've Like he was so (laughs) excited about it. And I'm uh-uh. so excited about it. Like he was the first person to contact me. And then no way. That's awesome. And then it was just blew up like pretty immediately. Like nothing. That's it's also just a different thing. Like I've had things go viral. Stuff goes viral on Pinterest all the time. You know, like you sure. do a DIY or whatever. Sure. It's different on Twitter. I don't know how to yes. describe it. Yes, it is. I've had viral stuff on every other thing. And then Twitter was just its own thing. It's just yes. so different. Um, it truly is total strangers and on every other platform it's going to be people that kind of overlap with your world right mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. kind of the overlap with your audience on twitter it's not that way it can be just people that you absolutely have nothing in common they will never right. read a blog post that i write ever again yeah. like there's yeah i don't know it can it just spreads in a totally different way um and it spread so far on twitter that it ended up going viral on facebook it went viral everywhere yeah. um yes but um I mean, so shared it, and retweeted yeah, thousands. Yeah, I was getting I was getting calls from journalists. Times. I mean, it's it, and still to this day, it's been over two years. Every day, it gets retweeted hundreds of times. Um, still today. Yeah. Um, and people Gosh. just discover it and find it and and um, start arguing with me. I'm like, oh, honey. Yeah. I have, <laughs> I have seen every argument. Whatever you're, you whatever you think now. you just thought yeah. of. Yeah, whatever clever thing you just think you came up with, it's we've we've been there already. But um, can I just tell you, yeah. I literally just did my first thread. Oh, like two or three days ago. How did it go? I I didn't even know how it. Well, I it definitely <laughs> how was to make not. One? How it to was make not. Ga- yeah, yeah. It was not Gabrielle Blair level. Oh, um, no. but uh, but uh, I, I I didn't even know how. I right? was like, how? I'd how seen you yours yeah. and other people. And I was like, how do you do this? And then I just happened, I should have just asked Lisa. She would have, she would have told me. Um, but my, I guess my pride probably got in the way. And I was like, I'm, I should not admit that I don't know how to do this. But then I figured out you, there's just a button. You, you just, just add, like, keep tweet. adding add. to it. And, you know what, Max uh, and, is out at 25. And then you have to hit publish. And then you can still add after that to the, oh. the last published thing. But you can only do 25 at a time. 
Just okay, FYI. good to know. Thank you. <laughs> good yeah, one. I did my uh, first one I on. Did that, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, my um, I, I follow the Atlanta Falcons. I'm, I'm a huge nice. fan, and, and uh, it's Atlanta. It's Georgia. Yeah. Which has been like in the news. so in the news yeah. and like whatever. <laughs> and we just uh, let go our co- of our coach in the middle of the season. Aww. We handed the, the the reins to a black coach um, named Raheem Morris, but as an interim coach. Um, and, uh, then they began to look for another coach and there are all these wonderful black candidates out there to coach. And he did not, uh, none of them got picked once again. And if you stressed out about it, I'm sure. Well, and it was just another white coach. Yeah. And, and I was just calling them out going, this was the opportunity guys. Guys, This was, this was it. You've given, you have, you have bet on white over and over and over again, bet on black. My goodness, like yeah. why, why I don't understand. Now is the time. Yes, yeah. if ever there was a time. Yeah. And you're Atlanta for crying out yeah. loud. Martin Luther King, <laughs> yeah. uh, John Lewis, Stacey Abrams, Keisha Lance Bottoms, on and yeah. on and on. And it's just like, what in the world? Yeah. You know, and uh, they just had this incredible opportunity. And apparently we hired, a, um, we did, uh, Fontenot is his name, a, a, a black general manager, which is amazing. And I'm so thankful for that. That's, in, that's incredible. That's but head coaching is the gig. Let's yeah, be honest. That's, that's the one. That's the star. Yeah. That's the one. And, you know, you you hear all these excuses. Well, the dude can coach. So so no black dudes can coach? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mean, that's, like, not a, that's not a great reason. Yeah. No. It just... It, Obviously, it, it's, anyone that was up for the job can coach because they were up for the job. <laughs> like, that's yeah, exactly can. right. And, and why not give them a chance yeah. for crying out loud? So anyways, yeah, I, I was inspired so by you and I was like, play. I'm going to... Uh, I, I wrote a thread. And, uh, How yeah, did it feel hidden published? It's like nerd wracking, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just like, boom, I'm just going to put it out there. and Because uh, it matters. Our voices um, matter. I cannot believe that that was your first thread. That was my first thread. It's been a lot of pressure since then. Like, how are you going to top my... No my kidding. <laughs> oh my um, I do want to get into that just for a yeah. second. Um, uh, you know, abortion obviously is like this huge, like hot topic, you know, whatever. Yeah. You wrote like a follow-up thread... I think to I it. Did. And yeah. And, and it was basically like, if, if you've ever done this, you don't care about abortion. If you've yeah. ever done, you know, if you've ever said this, you don't care about abortion. If you, you know, yeah. and I have, okay, so I'm wading into water. So this is what I was talking about in the beginning. I don't Wade know. In. It's a, I, I'm it's a, wading in. It's, there's can't be a more stressful topic than abortion. Like, so just yes. whatever you yes. say is, you know, here, here, here you go. we go. <laughs> so I have been saying, um, for a long time, that personally, I just feel like if you truly care um, about abortion yeah. and, and that seeing less or no abortions or whatever, mm-hmm. then you would be um, screaming from the mountaintops to get the morning after pill as readily accessible yeah. as Advil. In a vending like, machine on yes. every corner. Like, <laughs> yes. Exactly. Like, it just is like in the little, um, when you fly... When you fly yeah. and you get your little like salt and pepper, mm-hmm. fork, knife, and more. In the women's pill, bathrooms, like, they have yeah. you know, like <laughs> vendors for like yeah. tampons or whatever. Yeah, have great. That. Throw them in there. <laughs> right. Throw them Just in there. Put, because now this is where I I, I want to know. Help me understand this, and because this is one of the things in my mind I don't know, and I've never looked into it. Yeah. Um, I I personally uh, have mm-hmm. uh, gone through uh, a vasectomy to make sure that we can no longer have kids. Very um, very cool of you. Well, well, so thank you. It's the thing to do. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. It's not all on the women here, folks. No. Um, 
And so not that I would, not that I'm going to sit here and, and, and not say that, uh, if the option had been given to our wife at the hospital, my, my, our wife, my wife, um, that like delivering the last baby, they could, you know, go ahead and, and tie the tubes tubes. or, or, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, um, but we were at a hospital where that wasn't allowed. And Kelly was also like, no, I don't want to do it. I, you know, like I've done enough, you know, yeah, right. You know, and I'm like, you're right. Every baby, like that's, that's right. Literally. And, uh, and, and I'm like, you know what? You're right. And so, uh, so anyways, I've had that, but we have used other forms of protection, whether it be condoms or, um, the pill in the beginning, my understanding we never sat down and talked about the mechanics of the pill. You know, Kelly and I didn't. It was just like she was on the pill, like, you know, whatever. People just um, expect and, it. Sure. It, right. And so my understanding, so here I go, go for is that the pill does not um, keep the sperm and the egg from joining. It just keeps them from fertilizing in the uterus or in the, wherever the tubes or whatever. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm literally, I don't know. I'm, I could be actually, way off here. I actually don't know the mechanics of the pill. I'm like, I, I think I, like I'm more familiar with when I, I've taken the pill for many years, but I don't think I know that. I know what IUD does, obviously mm-hmm. condoms. I know lots of things, but I don't know the mechanics of the pill. I thought it prevented fertilization. That's oh, correct. does it? Okay, maybe That's it does. what I thought. Okay, is that? Okay. That is correct. Lisa, so I don't okay, know if so, it puts some, right. like, maybe it's some sort of, um, well, I, I don't know. If it's if it's just like something that's not allowing the sperm to penetrate the egg, I, I don't stops. know. But it doesn't allow okay. fertilization. It stops from them joining together. It, the birth control pill does. Okay. It does do so, that. So whatever it's doing okay. is... So I don't know if it's not letting Which the sperm into the uterus so. at all. Right, right. It, yeah. Okay, so, okay. So so then yeah. now let's talk about the morning after pill. Morning after pill. The mechanics, the mechanics of that. What so, What's the difference there? What I understand the morning after pill is that it doesn't allow the um, egg to... Um, I'm, I'm going to get this wrong too. I haven't looked it up in a while. I feel like it doesn't allow the egg to like attach properly to the uterus. Am I saying, uh, we got to, we, we should just yes. go Google. I, I'm doing it right yeah. now. I think it's so that. I'll, and then, it, so, so, okay. Yeah. It takes, if you take the pill within 72 hours, you have, after you have unprotected sex, um, mm-hmm. it stops the egg from joining, like the start sperm from meeting the egg again. So does that make sense? Okay, so it's so it's it's, it's so it's doing the same it, thing the pill is doing. It sounds yeah, like yes. But, oh, it, it is. Um, it it's actually keeping the sperm and the egg from. And isn't that why the time frame is so important when you take it too? Because it takes a certain amount of time for. Yeah, I, I would guess like so, motion? but I imagine. But I imagine, like, <laughs> even if you took it, like, if say my egg was fertile and mm-hmm. I had unprotected sex, mm-hmm. and then I got a morning after pill, twenty four hours later. Mm-hmm. It seems like the egg and sperm would have already had a chance to meet. So I wonder if it does something else too. It, it like maybe there's a like like maybe if the if the sperm hasn't met like say the egg wasn't fertile yet you had unprotected sex but sperm can like live in your body for several days. Right. So maybe it prev- in those cases maybe it prevents the sperm from meeting the egg but if it's already fertilized I feel like it does something to so that it stops the placenta from growing or something. It, the, I, I don't know. Like okay. the, next, the next step. Yeah. It says the morning after pill works by delaying the increase in the hormone that starts ovulation, the release of oh, an okay, egg. Okay, by okay. delaying or stopping the okay. egg from being released, the sperm can't reach the egg and pregnancy can't occur. Okay. So, so, so then in that case, yeah. 
based on that. So based on that, it's really not fertilizing the egg at all. Like the yeah, I'm sitting here going, I yeah. don't see what the problem is. People like there are people that are like, no, no, no. Once it's fertilized, so it sounds like the morning after pill. I wonder if there's now there may be I other if there's ones. more than one, or if exactly. I just was taught. Yeah, I was like, I wonder if there's more than one, or if I was just taught wrong about it. Because yeah. I had taught, I was taught it was for like so the fertilized egg never. Um, again, like it uh, properly implants in the uterus. That's what I thought it was. So like okay, once that, it properly yes, implants in the uterus, then it's going to start, it triggers whatever it needs to trigger to grow. And yes. I thought it stopped that. But uh, I could just be making that up. I could have well, been, have bad information or yeah. I, there could be more than one pill. Yeah, this I is coming from the actual plan B one step pill. Similar, well, it seems like that would be accurate. Similar to birth control. <laughs> that, that, that would seem accurate. Yeah. yeah. Well, and okay, so language, so then I so then well, okay, so still though, I have to go in Mormonism. There's no issues with birth control. I mean, like right. I think all my first doctors that gave me birth control were Mormon. Like I was still living in Utah. Like they were all Mormon. And like yeah. that, there's mm-hmm. just like seems to be no issue. Yes. But I know in Catholicism, another Christian sect, mm-hmm. there's. It's not okay. Like a lot of Catholics feel like birth control is not okay. Yeah. Well, it's just a very um, obviously it's a hot button issue and, and a and a you know polarizing topic. Um, I think it's just for me, um, you know, you you actually wrote about religion in one of your blog posts, and a lady that that said, "Would you ever leave you know the Mormon religion, whatever?" Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. what I really loved about that topic was um, you really thought about the conversation. You didn't just think about what you were saying. You did it first. You were just thinking about what you were saying, but then you were like, wait a second, we're talking past each other here. Mm -hmm. We're not Mm -hmm. actually, you know, and we don't know where each other is coming from and what does she actually mean when she says that? Mm -hmm. And what do I mean? And then when it like, when it all hit you, it was just like this moment of Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. Because I was, you, I think you said like I was offended by the question at first, but then when I realized where she was coming from, mm-hmm. it didn't offend me anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was able to kind of see this in a different light. And so anyways, I think about that with like abortion and, and you know, this, you mm-hmm. know, such a hot button issue. Mm-hmm. And you look at this and like we're sitting here talking about the morning after pill and the whole thing is like, well, life starts after <laughs> conception and the whole thing. Well, no one wants abortion. No. What we want is for women to have control of their bodies. Their bodies. Um, yeah. um, but no one wants, no one enjoys abortion or anything like that. So well, like, one I of the things know. I loved about... Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say one of the things I loved about Barack Obama was when he came out, he came out going, well, can we just agree that we don't, we want less abortions? Like, can mm-hmm. we just, can we agree there? You know, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So let's figure out how to get there. Mm-hmm. But then it becomes... Well, but if you start handing out birth control, then everybody's just going to start having sex all the time. They're not married and, and all this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. newsflash, it's going to happen anyway. <laughs> They're already doing <laughs> like, that. Like, <laughs> yeah, It's already happening and whatever. Like, you might have a problem with that, but no. other people don't. And so, no. yeah, anyways, I, it, it, but it's just one of those things where I just am like sitting here going, but guys, like we could figure out a way to really work together and right. make this uh, uh, and make us a, a solution that everybody is happy with but it less be, it starts yeah. becoming less about the issue it seems like and more about power yeah and control yeah. and I winning mean, 
for sure. The, the, the religion part of it can get so tricky so fast because yeah. religions believe such different things. So we, you know, we mm -hmm. talked about um, birth control and Catholicism, but there's, I follow a few rabbis on Twitter and there's one I, a particular, I particularly like, but she's, she's written a few threads on how in the, in the Jewish religion, um, sometimes abortions are required. Like it's a, mm, like mm -hmm. it would be, um, they, they don't have the same, it's a, uh, life starts at conception. They don't have that belief at all. Okay. They have a, okay. they have an opposite belief in some ways. So, so if you're making a rule for that's benefiting this religion or that aligns to this religion, a, what about religion mm -hmm. B? What about religion C? Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, like I could think of my own personal experiences with um, when I, like with my pregnancies and like when I felt like the soul of my child had arrived, it mm. wasn't until birth. Like I have mm. very personal, really sweet experiences of like, mm -hmm. oh, you're coming and I go into labor. Like I feel <laughs> you're, you're here yeah. and then I go into yeah. labor. Like, and sure. I feel them outside my body. Like I can feel their, mm. or we call it their spirit. Like I like, Oh, I sense their spirit. And then surprise, I go into labor. Um, so if I had to say, when does the soul meet the body? I'm like, Oh, for me, I think it's like at birth because that's what I experienced or like mm. that, you know, like if I could uh, yeah, identify sure. that, but someone else might believe something totally different. These are yes. religious beliefs are weird and super personal and, yeah, uh, sure. you know, you can't really, um, Anyway, they're just so, you can't really build law based on them. It just doesn't work, right? Yeah, yeah. it doesn't, um, right. That's in in right. a country that has lots of religions. So, so that's always going to be a really hard place to be. Um, as far as if we take that out of it and say, okay, um, what I, I feel like when we say no one wants to get an abortion, what I'm picturing there is no woman likes to go to the OBGYN. Like, yeah. I've never met anyone yeah. that's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm going to yeah. go get a pap smear today. No, it's, yeah. it's not fun. Like, yeah. it's, right. Like I don't want to go even go to get an exam to, to get birth control. Like, uh, like getting an IUD is incredibly painful. Mm. Getting, mm. I mean, like, um, I, like the, I hate going. I hate the stirrups. I hate the speculum. I, yeah. I hate the all cold jelly on my, my belly for an ultrasound. It's all yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. It's, for women, it's always invasive. There's no yeah. non-invasive option because yeah. you're talking yeah. about looking inside your body, going into your vagina. Um, yeah. It's horribly unpleasant going to the OBGYN. And that's with, I've had female, I've had male women, I've had men. Doesn't matter. It's always the worst. Like no yeah. one's excited <laughs> to go. Yeah. And yeah. I mean... I mean, I would prefer a woman, but anyway, like, yeah, but still, even sure. with a woman, it's still, it's not, it's always is the worst. So in the same way that no woman's like excited to go to the OBGYN, no one would, woman would be excited to have an abortion. No one, women are very aware of their bodies. They're careful with their bodies. They don't want to just have um, any kind of gynecological procedures ever. And certainly not for fun or at random or like right. extra ones that right. they don't, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's for yeah. sure not. It's not a manicure. So, right. And so, so, um, and when that was where my mind was when I actually was thinking about the, when I wrote the thread, cause I saw the abortion numbers and I was like thinking all those same things I just said, where like women care about their bodies and they're really careful. The, these numbers are too high. What's going on there? Like, um, yeah. it's not like, so then I was started going through like, 
well, why wouldn't they be on birth control? And that's where I was like, oh, I know why they wouldn't be on birth control. I have used mm. every kind of birth control available to women mm-hmm. and they work, but boy, did I have to pay for it in side effects. Yeah, I hated right. every yeah. single one of them. Right. Not everyone does. Some people seem to be just fine. Um, and I'm still, and I still, even with the side effects, I'm so grateful for them. They have made my life easier as far as getting to choose mm-hmm. when and if mm-hmm. I have children. And I got to choose every single time. I had six babies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could see, I could instantly see it's incredibly expensive for a lot of people. It's yeah. very hard. It's super time consuming. It might be more than one doctor visit. Um, yeah. And then sometimes you can't even get the doctor visit for three months out. So what do you do right. during those three months? You know, like it's just... Um, you can't get them at the last minute. It doesn't work at the last minute. Like it doesn't like, oh, I'm yeah. gonna, I just started the pill five minutes ago. Okay, great. Where yeah. did it go? <laughs> it doesn't no, work that work way. Like no, that. you got to take it for like a month. Um, oh, and I have to take, I have to put hormones into my body every day, every single day, even if I'm not going to have sex that day, even right. if my sex partner is out of town or I'm out of town or what, you know, like there's de- yes. we're definitely not having sex. Um, even if my egg isn't fertile, my, my egg is only fertile for, t- for 24 hours, but I have right. got to take hormones every single day or have an yes. implant in my arm that releases yeah. hormones every single God. day, even though I can't get pregnant, like except mm-hmm. for 24 hours. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. and but men are and like, thank you because it feels longer, better. So, da, da, da. But uh, right. And so it's just so maddening because then you look at the male forms of birth control or the birth control for men and there's really two options right you've got the right. condoms and you've got vasectomy withdrawal yeah and, oh yeah vasectomy yes, uh, well yeah, i guess withdrawal yeah. is a third yeah, um, yeah. but I thought the so, well, but yes but as far as the kind you can like opt into buy you've got uh, or purchase or whatever you're like condoms right. or vasectomies yeah. and they both have such bad raps in our society and i don't it really just comes from you know uh as far as I can tell from like prioritizing male pleasure. But the reality is um, like everyone knows, like I knew before I'd ever had sex, before I ever knew anything about sex, that men didn't like condoms. Like, why yeah. would I know it's that? Just, why, just know, why, right. Like it's such like a part of our culture. Right. Yeah. And right. like from whatever movies I've watched or whatever, like, and it's not like I was mm-hmm. even like, I, I was super naive about sex. I didn't know anything, but I knew men don't like condoms. Like mm-hmm. so weird. Um, yeah. So we have these things. And the funny thing is like, of course, I'm not a man. I've never used a condom. I don't have a penis. I don't know. But no. um, but I, but I in talking to men, I've had all these abortion conversations, right? Thousands of abortion mm-hmm. conversations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to hear men talk about condoms because the ones who said, okay, well, I'm just going to figure this out. They make sure they try different sizes till they get the right size. Mm-hmm. They use lubrication both inside and outside the condom. Like mm-hmm. apparently that's a, a huge difference. Um, anyway, they, they make sure that there's no allergies um, to whatever the condom's made oh, of right, for them right, and right. their partner, things like that. Latex or whatever. Basically, yeah. they learn how to use them, mm-hmm. and they will tell me that no, the pleasure's the same. Like I don't see yeah. a difference. Like at first mm-hmm. I did because I didn't know how to use it right. Now yeah. I don't have to see a difference. Now, yeah. in, but in our culture, instead of saying we need to learn how to use condoms correctly, we should mm-hmm. all be learning how to use condoms correctly. Yeah. Yeah. We just say, oh, condoms are the worst. Like yes. what in the world? And, and they're, the stigma, they're all the, the opposite stigma. things of the women's stuff. Yeah, 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 and there's like this. And instead, they're available twenty four seven. They're cheap or free if you drop by a Planned yes. Parenthood or any college campus. You know, like yeah. they're being handed out in bowls. They're, they're. You only have to do them when you're having sex. So you don't have to take medicine every day. Like if you're out of town, not gonna have sex, no problem. You don't need to wear yes. a condom all day. Like that's yeah. fine. 
I don't know. I mean, all those things that it's like the opposite of women's. No doctor's yeah. appointment. Even nope. even when you do have to buy them, they're not expensive. They're I mean, like no yes. side effects. No side effects. You, you know, you the know? only like, the only thing, the only side effect is uh, not side effect, but like thing, um, which is so yeah. dumb, but it is true. Yeah, is go ask any married man. Mm-hmm. Going to buy condoms in the store is like I wanted. I would want to like hide them. It's like I was so buy embarrassed. Every, I know. Every month. Yes, well, I know. I'm like I'm buying lube. I'm buying tampons. Yeah. I'm buying also like <laughs> you can handle condoms, dude. You know, yeah, like, I, exactly. It's gracious. And I would be like, yeah. you know, I would yeah. go and get like a loaf of bread and something else, and then like you know, quickly put the box condoms. in the cart yeah. and then like yeah. throw them over the top, you know. And if the self checkout line was the best thing that. ever. <laughs> But, it, but it's right. so stupid. And I feel like, for you, but I'm also like, yeah. I don't feel for you. Yeah. Sorry. Like, I mean, I had to like make a doctor's appointment and have someone put like tools into my vagina. So that, like to exactly. get a pill. So I think you can well, go and, to the store and get a condom. And, and, you know, and I like, guess what I'm like saying crazy. is like, why, why are, here's this thing. And like, we've even made it to like, why am I embarrassed? I guess is what I'm saying. It's because totally, again, like you're totally. saying, such a weird that, thing. Yeah, like yeah. The, the world uh, movies and TV and whatever, you've ingested said, a message and I've yeah. ingested a message about it. you're using a condom. Where, yeah, you're up to no good. I'm just well, married wrong. and I don't something's want to have wrong. kids yet. You're using a condom. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and then we look at the vasectomies and it's, it's, it's quite similar even with vasectomies where it's like, okay, so my husband's had a vasectomy. I know you mm-hmm. just mentioned you've had a vasectomy. Um, yeah. What a fabulous thing. Like what, the best thing ever <laughs> after I tried, you know, all these years of me doing all every form of birth control, hating yeah. every form. He's got an in and out 20 minute appointment. Yes. 24 hours later, he's feeling just fine. And, well, and, and honestly, Gabby, anything I've ever experienced, you know, the whole thing I, is I, based I how, around how long your, yours was. Uh, no, I, it was quickly. It was very quick. Um, but the good, whole good. thing is now based around you're supposed to get it when um march madness the big ncaa tournament you know that you know what i'm talking about what yeah i know what that march madness is but what's the deal i don't get the connection no i no, i'm serious i mean this is how stupid and how ridiculous this whole thing is not only do men so you go and do this thing which again it's like painful for a day maybe like you know you got hit in the groin with a you know a soccer ball or something and it just kind of hurts for a little bit yeah okay but like mine was not bad at all. Like I, I'm, I'm an active guy and so I'm ready to get back on my bike or go run or whatever. And I'm like, when Great. can I go out and run again? Mine was not bad. I'm ready. Yeah. But forever, the whole thing was, no, you get it. And then you get two to three days to just do nothing because you've gone through a vasectomy. Okay. <laughs> so you would, there's okay. this thing called okay. um, March, March, uh, March vastness or March vadness, March vadness. They, it was, you would have urologists who would be, they would, um, advertise specials. Yeah. They would advertise specials around March when the NCAA tournament would come out and you would go watch TV. Is that the idea? You you get it. You get it like on a Wednesday and then you can watch the first round of the NCAA tournament and no one can say anything to you because you've, (laughs) it's like literally set up for the best, a few uh, days honestly, of your life. I will take it. If it makes <laughs> if it makes me get the me, yeah. I will take it. I am sure. on board. Like sure. hooray. I There's just also think the there's just, the Vasters. Like, well, Have you heard of the Vasters? 
that's no what's the masters the, the, it's getting your vasectomy <laughs> around the, the weekend of the masters golf tournament <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So I mean, stupid to, to watch sports. Yeah. Right. But honestly, I that is at uh, least to me like a move in the right direction. Honestly, because yeah. what okay. I keep hearing yes. from men when I have mm. these abortion conversations, and I'll say, "Well, what mm. about a vasectomy?" They feel like it's going to make them less of a man. They're scared of the pain. Oh, there, there are all yeah. sorts of like manly things that they're having issues with. Where yeah. I'm like, I don't even know what to tell you. Like, I've ha- meanwhile you to have to, as Carol Burnett says. This, Carol Burnett says, you have to, a woman, meanwhile, has to pull her lower yeah. lip over her forehead. That's, that's the equality, yeah. that, that's yeah. the, equi- like, yeah. having a baby, and she said, it's like pulling just, your lower lip over your forehead. <laughs> over your forehead. Even yeah. just think of like, okay, so like, again, I've tried every birth control. I tried an IUD okay. at one point. Okay, so um, I don't know if you've ever talked to doctors about this, but they'll say the pain of getting an IUD is equivalent to the pain of a vasectomy if you didn't have painkiller. Oh. Like, so if they didn't administer any kind of, uh, what's the word? I'm not painkiller. There's another word I'm thinking of. I don't know. Anyway. Anesthesia. um, Anesthesia, yeah. If you had had Mm -hmm. a vasectomy without anesthesia, Mm -hmm. that is equivalent to what they do to women when they give them IUD. So I've had this. Good. They have recently started. Some will numb your cervix. That's a new thing. They weren't doing that. So women routinely go through this without any pain medication, any pain relief, routinely. And getting it out was even worse. Oh, my gosh. It was horrific. Oh, I can't, like, yeah, I'm, like, so angry even thinking about it that we just routinely do this and are just expected to do this. And it's just assumed we'll do this. Right. So that men don't need to to wear condoms. Or yes, and as, to me. Like, what? As, as soon as they try to develop, you know, some sort of birth control for men, I think you wrote about this, and the side yeah. effects if they started to build a little bit, and the guys and men were like, oh, "Okay, that's never too mind." Much. And yeah. it's like they're like the list is like a third as long as the right. pill, which is currently in use by millions of women. Anyway, so I just feel like there should be a huge campaign talking about the benefits of vasectomy. Talk about a free sex life; it's amazing. Just that yeah, relief. It's, it's I fantastic. mean, yeah. I don't have to keep yeah. going to the doctor anymore. For me, it's a relief. I'm sure it is for my husband as well. Just never, sure. you never have to think about it again. It's That's beautiful. Right. It's such a beautiful yep. thing. So it I is. feel like, how come men don't know that? Like, I feel like, yeah. I, I, th- I feel like we need, um, or how come young men don't know that maybe? Like, I feel like we need all the dads who've had vasectomies mm-hmm. to be like, do it, guys. It's awesome. And yeah, I it's, also, it's right. um, when I think of the, the medical stuff around it, so... They say um, at a, if you're a younger, like the younger you are, you have a 60% chance of having a successfully reversed vasectomy if you needed right. one. And then the older right. you are, the harder that is. I actually had dinner once with the oldest man who'd had a successful reversal of a vasectomy. Anyway, okay, fascinating. Oh, wow. but, yeah, um, but, the, but I think of that and I think, I, I think of that and I think, okay, but what if it was the priority? What if the priority was... We need to have a we need to have a technique for the vasectomy and a technique for the reversal, where the it's much like it's almost like a guaranteed success that you'll be able mm-hmm. to reverse it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, what if we went to the doctor who has the best method for vasectomies that are most you know most successfully reversed, yes. and then we went to right, the doctor right. that has the best method for reversing the vasectomies, and we. Yes learned and we said okay yeah. how can we improve this do you need a better tool do you need a better technique how do we teach this so that what if you really could go get a vasectomy 
and 10 years later, you want to reverse that, you get it reversed. Sure. And it was just sort of guaranteed. You know, yep. it was just like no problem. And you can, if you're really worried, you can bank some sperm. But no, you're good. Yep. We're, we're going to be able to reverse it. Can you imagine? And I feel like that is like within our grasp. If like you had the yeah. right doctors talking to each other and like coordinating their efforts and, the, and their techniques, you could probably have a pretty guaranteed reversal rate. And we just don't do that. We just don't do it. I think it just goes back to why is that? Because women are not in the room making the decisions time and time yeah. and yeah. time again. They don't have a say. Yeah. They don't. And, and men are just more important. That's what is what the message is. It's not true, yeah. but that's the message that we're getting. It's like at yeah. the end of the day, we have to be more concerned about put, men's emotions. 13 year old girls, 12 year old girls on the pill all the time. It happens like every that. single yeah. day. They're that's growing. Right. They have, they're growing. Their hormones are still changing and we're putting new hormones into them. Yes. Yes. Like and, at, and, at young ages. And we would never consider it for boys. We just wouldn't right. consider it. Yeah. It's, insane. it's that's, insane. I know. And so, um, you know, if you truly care, I would just say this, if you truly care, uh, I just want to back you up, um, Gabrielle, um, yeah. and, and say to our audience, if you truly care about abortion, if you truly care about this issue, look deeper look into mm -hmm. what is going mm -hmm. on and ways that we can cut down on unwanted pregnancies, you know, um, and, mm -hmm. and we can, mm -hmm. we can stop this thing. Um, if, if it if means man, so much to you, if you're a look man, deeper. you have total control. Yeah. Like Absolutely. if you're a man, you yes. have 100% control of whether or not you cause a pregnancy. That's exactly You always right. get to decide. Yes. You always yes. get to decide. And so if you're a man who cares about abortion or yep. says you care about abortion, the, you can easily not ever cause an abortion by mm -hmm. never you know, creating that yeah. amount of pregnancy. And you can teach other men the same thing. And you can really push yep. you know, condoms, really push vasectomy. There's so much you could do without right. ever having to make new laws about women's bodies. Yes. Without, I mean, there's so much you could do to reduce abortion if that's what you really care about without without putting your attention on women, directed toward men, yes. directed yes. toward men. A hundred percent. So birth control for men is so much easier. Um, um, yeah. Can I also okay. say when you're talking about women in the oh, room yes. Go ahead. that the, today, day after inauguration, um, how lovely it was to hear or to read a news story about that. Um, 50% of Biden's picks for his um, cabinet and staff are women. And that's yes. lovely. Yes. Like women oh need to be gosh. in the room. So that's amazing. And I hope that's <laughs> yeah. true for every administration, you know, whatever the party they're from here on out, make sure there are women. In that's the room. right. And we have a woman as vice president. So holy goodness, <laughs> finally, <laughs> thank God. Yeah. You know, one more step and we're going to have a, a woman president mm -hmm. and I can't mm -hmm. wait for that day. Mm -hmm. um, well, I think that we have... Um, absolutely broken down the most controversial <laughs> topics that we possibly could. Um, and, uh, and hopefully, um, it wasn't meant to be, um, alienating. It was meant to be, Hey, this is what we talk. We can talk about it. We can talk about issues. Um, and I can certainly learn. I am learning from you. Um, this has been so stinking enlightening for me. Um, so thank you so much. B before we go. For me too. Um, I, thank you. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, of course. Um, 
Well, before uh, we go, I want to, again, remind people um, of the things that you are uh, involved in. Um, obviously, you have all of your um, mm -hmm. social media, um, which is at Design Mom, both on Instagram and Twitter. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. and, and, and Facebook. Yes, that's right. Um, okay, great. And, uh, and so... Facebook, and then, I'm Design Mom blog, I think. But anyway, anything I share on Facebook, I already shared on Instagram, so... It's all right. <laughs> okay, great, great. And then, uh, and then you have um, designmom.com, your, your blog, um, mm -hmm. over 8,000 or 100,000, we're not really sure, um, <laughs> post at this point. Um, you have just been writing for forever, and it's amazing. Um, mm -hmm. So there's that. And then uh, you also have a New York Times bestselling book, which is incredible. Congratulations, okay. Design Mom, How to Live with Kids. Thank you. Um, but then, and I don't know how much you can share here, but you're working on a book with yeah. your husband. Yes, we're working on a parenting book, and we're really, really excited about it. Um, basically, just trying to answer the questions we receive all the time, you know, from readers and followers about um, parenting, and so talking about kind of what has worked for us. So I, we're really, really excited about it. Um, uh, yeah, we don't even have a title yet, but uh, we have a book deal, and we're working on it. <laughs> so, so it, it kind of cut out there. What you said was you, you don't have a title yet is what you're saying. Right. And, but you do have a book deal. So no, it is coming no out. title yet, but there is a book. Yeah. deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, we don't name our kids we'll sometimes yeah. until, you know, like whenever they come out. <laughs> That's so, right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, um, it has just been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Thank you for letting me show up in all of my um, ignorance, uh, and ask questions about things and, and, uh, and just for being gracious in conversation and your time. Um, I really hope that people listen to this because it's just, um, it's just so wonderful to hear from someone like you, a woman of faith, um, uh, who cares about the things that are going on in this world and, um, is okay with risking a lot, um, to, you know, by putting it out there and letting people know. Well, Clint, I loved our conversation and I did not find any part of it ignorant at all. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, I, I wanted to say this too. We were headed out to France this past summer. I, we lived in France and Paris oh, in 2003. Oh. And, 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 uh, but yeah. this past summer, we had a vacation planned with our friends. Um, and we were all going, believe it or not, we Darn were going pandemic. to Normandy. Yeah. Oh my god! And, and aren't well, you in make Normandy it happen or around? When the borders open. Yeah, we're in Normandy. No, we're right in right in the heart of Normandy. Yeah, it's amazing. Okay, okay. well, that's, when, that's as soon as the borders open, you come on, you come on over. <laughs> okay, we'll we will uh, we'll let you know, um, and uh, hopefully we'll be there sooner than later. Let's get this pandemic behind us. Um, yeah, first. Thank you so much, Gabrielle Blair. Okay. You're amazing. Thanks, guys. Well, I already really, really loved the design mom, Gabrielle Blair, and now uh, that love has grown uh, exponentially. She is just amazing. Uh, it's so cool to finally connect with someone who has, you know, made such an unknown impact. Like, she didn't necessarily know, um, uh, you know, all these years, uh, but now she does. And uh, for me, Knowing that, uh, you know, she's been a part of my journey um, for all these years and, uh, you know, and now being able to connect with her, that's just really, um, what a treat. And it's really, really awesome. And uh, I don't know about you, Lisa, but the whole time I was also looking out her window and seeing France in the background and 
just sort of like weeping inside because <laughs> if only we lived in France. Oh man, Kelly and I just love France so much and um Oh yeah, you live there. We talk about it. I forgot. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, for for like a year basically and I remember when you hired me. Uh-huh. And one of the facts that I learned about you and Ke Kelly is that you guys had lived in uh Paris and had just gotten back. And that was like one of the reasons I was like, yes, I will work for them because they've, they're well-traveled. They've lived in Paris. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, all right. I'm glad we said it. I thought, I thought it was like very um, interesting. You so, thought we were edgy. I did. I yeah. mean, you guys are totally edgy. Oh, I'm so edgy. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. With those um, haircuts. I just, what did you say? <laughs> With your haircuts. <laughs> Can you hear my Every son through the weeks. window? Hey, hold on one second. Hudson, I'm almost done, buddy. Hold on. I see you. You're really tall. Okay, hold on. That is really funny. Um, he's like dying to play basketball, and I just keep recording. Um, anyways, uh, what a blast. Thank you, Gabrielle, for all of your time um, because you did not hold back and uh, just such a great conversation and a, with just a great human. And uh, I have learned... Um, as I always do whenever I come across anything that Gabrielle puts out into the world. All right, uh, friends, that's all we have for you today. So if you guys are loving what you are hearing uh, or just liking, whatever, I don't know where you're at, and you know, that's fine. Give us a rating, please, on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever it is that you are uh, listening to Man Unmade. We would appreciate you giving us a rating. That would be awesome. That certainly helps uh, as we continue to try and grow this podcast. Um, all right, Lisa, that was fun. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Now uh, it's time to listen to some music. And we are going to bring back um, an artist, Cat Clyde, for a couple reasons. One, because she's amazing, and I love her music, and I really love this song. Two, because we're new, and we haven't been able to get any more musical artists to <laughs> agree <laughs> to let us use their songs and she let us use two so we're going to use all two because we need them um so as a reminder um if you are uh, a singer songwriter and you know uh, uh or you know of a woman out there who uh is writing music singing music whatever and you want to share that with us please do um email us contact at manunmadepodcast.com uh and let us know who it is um, that you would like us to play their music, or uh, if you, again, are an artist yourself, um, just connect with us, and we will play your music on here. We really love highlighting women in music and women in business, so if you know of any women business owners, um, please uh, send us their info as well. All right, Cat Clyde, one more time, based out of Ontario, Canada, and a big shout-out to my Uncle David Martin. Uh, Uncle David, you're the best. Really appreciate it. He's out of Toronto, and I can hear Linus behind the door over there. I don't know if y'all can hear him. He really wants to come in. And also, a really big thanks to my daughter, Holland, uh, for lending us her voice um, there in the middle of the podcast uh, with that beautiful quote. She's just so amazing. And uh, Camille, on the other podcast, uh, she reads quotes as well. So both of them have been lending their voice, and uh, I'm just so appreciative. Thank you so much for being with us today. Bye for now. Man Unmade is produced, organized, researched, and generally held together by Lisa Collins. Audio production and original music by Jackson Palomino. I'm your host, Clint Hart. Thanks for joining us on Man Unmade. Let's listen to some music. Bye, friends. Bye.